Brian McClanahan Show, episode 321. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Brian McClanahan. Like my Facebook page at Brian McClanahan. And of course, subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. You can find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to mcclanahanacademy.com. McClanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll. When you enroll, you get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. And of course, those that enroll get the best deals on forthcoming courses, new courses. I've got a new course out right now, The Founding Fathers. It's 27 lectures, 10 hours of material on the founding generation. It's an awesome class. You're going to want it. And if you had enrolled in McClanahan Academy, you got a pre-order with it and you got the best deal. But now I've got a sale running to Jan- to, uh, uh, July 9th, excuse me, July 9th. So if you get this show before July 9th, you can pick up the class if you're on my email list for a discount. So you want to be on the email list or you want to be in McClanahan Academy and you get the discounts. Plus I'm running a sale on my other courses. So you're going to want to get that, right? So get on the email list and you get those things. You can also support the show by going to brianmcclanahan.com forward slash support. You can throw a few pennies my way, help keep the lights on, help keep the podcast going, get your book plate, click on that shop tab on my page and get your Brian McClanahan Show logo and all kinds of cool stuff. You can also get the Think Locally, Act Locally sticker or shirt or whatever you want. That's another way to spread the message, Think Locally, Act Locally. Hey, it doesn't have my name on it if that's all you want, but um, it's a great way to support the show too. And of course, share this podcast on social media. Rate it wherever you get your podcasts. Comment. Do whatever you can to make this show more successful, and that involves you. You're a part of it. Send me suggestions. What do you want to hear? Now, of course, this is a new format, so we're doing a little less time on these uh, on these shows, but more frequently. So my hope is that more is better. So the topic of the day is Carl Rove. Now, Carl Rove is one of those, and actually this piggybacks on the podcast I did on Monday, so uh, which was on uh, Trump's new uh, Garden of Heroes. Carl Rove is, is a, apparently, I didn't know this, is working with the Trump campaign. I had no idea Carl Rove was involved in the Trump, cam- Trump campaign. This is, this is the problem with Donald Trump. You see, and, I, and I'll say this about Trump in 2016. I'm not so certain Donald Trump thought he was going to win the election. I, I don't. I don't know if he did. I mean, I know he. You know, he came down the escalator at Trump Tower. He said he's running. There was a huge amount of laughs. I mean, even myself. Of course, I was not supporting Donald Trump, and I was supporting Rand Paul in the Republican primaries. Um, but the the amount of laughs, you know, and and the the circuit, the, the, the comedy circuit, yeah, do it, run, and all, and, uh, you know, Ann Coulter goes on, uh, you know, Daily Show and says, Donald Trump can beat Hillary Clinton. Everybody laughed. I'm not even certain Donald Trump thought he was going to win the election. The polls looked like he wasn't. Now, we know that he said internal polling looked like he was going to win, and I've seen some people talking about some different polls right now that have predicted some things that Donald Trump is actually 
very close in this election or maybe even ahead. Um, I think that the polling data, the national polling data, in many ways you can take and throw it away. Cancel culture and what's happening in America right now is driving people towards Donald Trump. And this is where Karl Rove gets interesting. So Donald Trump makes that speech where he says, we need a National Garden of Monuments, and he lists all the people. And of course, I said on that particular show, some of these people were just an absolute joke. You could see the neoconservative fingerprints all over it. And I, I wasn't certain who these neoconservatives were, but now I see. So going back to Trump, he brought in all these neoconservatives, which of course sabotaged his entire presidency. Karl Rove should not be sniffing the Trump campaign in any way. Now, you can say, well, yeah, but Karl Rove helped George W. Bush win twice. George W. Bush has already come out against Donald Trump. So why is Donald Trump using Karl Rove as an advisor? Karl Rove is a hack. I go back to a, a, something Karl Rove wrote. He, he actually has a website where he publishes book reviews. He reads stuff, then he writes a little review of it. Now, he's, this, this review is no longer up there, but it was a, a book about... Uh, the Union occupation of northern Alabama during the war. And he calls the Confederacy the enemy. Southerners were the enemy. Because you see, Karl Rove is one of these Republicans, and you see this now commonplace. Abraham Lincoln's Republican. Frederick Douglass was Republican. The South were Democrats. So you have this narrative of uh, Republican versus Democrat. Regardless, I mean, look, I've done, a, I've done an episode on the parties, the flip, all this stuff. Did it really happen? Did it not happen? I said, I've said the Republican Party is the same party it's always been. The Democrats have moved left. There really isn't a real conservative party in America anymore. Because when you look at the list of heroes the Republican Party wants, I mean, these people are as palatable to Democrats as anyone else, with the exception of a few. But even then, you look at the fawning over George W. Bush now by the modern media. They love the guy. When he was president, though, they couldn't stand him. That's because, again, they have an agenda to get rid of the person they think is an obstacle. But they know, and of course, Bush has come out in favor of Joe Biden. You've got all these uh, establishment Republicans who don't like Donald Trump. They don't like Donald Trump because Donald Trump does not always toe the line of the establishment. And this particular piece I'm going to read explains why. Karl Rove explains why, but Donald Trump is doing something. Donald Trump was appealing to something else when he did this. And it's not the base uh, of you know, the lowest common denominator, as you might, but he's understanding what's going on in America better than these establishment lunatics who, I'm not certain what world they're living in, but they've missed the culture war. Pat Buchanan was spot on in 1992 when he said, we've got a culture war. We've got a culture war we're in trouble, and uh, this is where you know he's, he's written books about this, the, you know, the end of Western civilization. We are in trouble because the culture war is coming. He said it in 1992. Now, you could go back before that. You go back in the 60s and 70s, and people were talking about this. The culture war that was there already. The late 60s really saw it. Into the 70s and the 80s, and Buchanan was simply pointing it out in 1992, and everybody laughed. Why? Because the establishment coalition of Republicans decided that it was more important to forget about that and let's talk about taxes and uh, spending, because that's all that people cared about. That was how they were going to get these uh, the coalition of conservatives who were worried about the size of government, 
Even cancel, even, even the people that are worried about cancel culture or the culture war at that point, they don't call it cancel culture. They're worried about this stuff. But they also worried about taxes and spending. And so you could, you could not talk about the culture stuff because that would bridge the gap between the people that were worried about that who still liked limited government and the Chamber of Commerce Republicans who weren't really worried about that, who wanted to bring in more immigrants and have a, a different discussion on culture. You see, to them... The Republican Party was, just as I said, the early social change advocates. That's the Republican Party. And I've talked to people about this. You know, what happened to uh, Republicans favoring immigration? That's the Republican way. Well, sort of. I mean, you go back to the 19th century and find Republicans who are against it. In the, in the 1870s, you'll find them for it. And then by the 1890s, they're against it, which is interesting, I think. So if we're looking at that 1860s, 1870s Republican Party, that's what the establishment really is, which is not conservative, by the way. It's big government. It's central power. It's nationalism, but it's not conservative. So that's what Trump is working with in his campaign. He's got people like Karl Rove telling him, well, you know, you should, you got to watch out. So let me read this piece. It came from MSN. So, I mean, there you go. And, of course, they have an agenda, too, to try to show there's, there's a conflict within the Trump administration, or at least the Trump campaign. Quote, the title, Karl Rove scolds Trump for recent tweets. I don't see that those advances cause at all. Veteran Republican strategist Karl Rove on Tuesday expressed new frustration with Donald Trump's erratic messaging, arguing a recent pair of incendiary tweets from the president represented yet another act of self-sabotage inflicted upon his re-election campaign. So think about the language here. These are incendiary tweets. Incendiary. I'm going to read the tweets. Okay, they're in here, I think. Yeah, uh, they're in here, at least the, the, the theme of it. But, um, you know, Karl Rove, these are incendiary, according to MSN, and Karl Rove, I don't see how these advances cause at all. Why? Because Karl Rove is not interested in the culture war. Karl Rove wants to throw, he thinks if he throws the left a bone with some statues to uh, Clara Barton or Krista McAuliffe or, you know, Frederick Douglass, whatever it is, the left is going to just say, oh, yeah, the Republicans are us. We're going along with them. It's not going to work. Richard Nixon found this out. I'll never forget reading a quote from... Uh, you know, Halderman, who was Nixon's chief of staff, saying, you know what, we outleft the left and they still attack us. Yeah, because they want you out. They don't want you in power. They want to be in power and they will do everything they can to sabotage you, even if they agree with you. They will do everything they can to get rid of you because they want to control the power. This is where Calhoun talked about, you know, the, the real problem with American politics is that you've got, when the one side's out of power, they're going to use the Constitution, everything they can to get back in. And when they're there, they're going to abuse it. It's exactly what happens. The stern remarks from Rove, who Politico reported last month is advising the Trump campaign, came after the president warned supporters in a Friday speech at Mount Rushmore of a left-wing cultural revolution that was determined to tear down every statue symbol in memory of our national heritage. Well, Trump is right about this. I mean, that's, that's exactly what's happening. Now, his, his response to this is pure Rove idiotic Republican Party. But... Trump has realized, wait a second here, maybe there's something more to this. I got to, I mean, they're tearing down things that, you know, I, I, they shouldn't tear down beyond that. Trump echoed the divisive rhetoric Saturday 
That divisive, that's divisive to say that there's a cultural, a left-wing cultural revolution that's divisive? Who's really being divisive here? Saturday in White House address ostensibly intending to celebrate July 4th, asserting the United States was now in the process of defeating the radical left, the Marxists, the anarchists, the agitators, the looters, and people who in many instances have absolutely no clue what they're doing. This is true. That appeals to the majority of America. Karl Rove, though, is in the establishment, and, oh, no, you can't say these things. That's divisive. You're, you can't call these people Marxists and looters, and, I mean, you can't call them that. I know that we see it on TV and that that actually happens, but you can't call them that. Although Rove assessed that Trump delivered a remarkable speech at Mount Rushmore that talked about American values and American heroes, he criticized the president for following up his scripted weekend appearances with two controversial social media posts Monday. Now, these are the controversial, so this is what Trump said that's so controversial. In those tweets, Trump blasted NASCAR's decision to ban the Confederate flag from its races and demanded an apology from the sport's top black driver. He also reprimanded the Washington Redskins and Cleveland Indians for announcing they would review potential name changes for their sports franchises after years of pressure from Native American groups. Now, these tweets, the first of all, the tweet about NASCAR. He said, look, it's a bad idea for NASCAR to take out the Confederate flag. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. You're, you're, you're basically spitting on the base of your sport. And, of course, he also called Bubba Wallace a hoax. I mean, and this is, it was, it was proven to be a hoax. Now, all of that, you won't, you won't hear this. I mean, nothing happened with that and all the stuff that went into that. It was all just a big hoax. Bubba Wallace shouldn't have gotten any of the treatment that he got out of that because there was nothing happening there. But you see the boogeyman's around every corner. And so if you live in this current political hyper, hypersensitive climate, you see a handle pull and you think, oh my gosh, somebody just set that up there because I'm that's a racist symbol. There's nothing going on there at all. I, I mean, when I first saw this, I thought, no, no, that, that, that can't be right. There, nobody did that. And of course, nobody did that. And then he posted critical comments, Trump, about the Washington Redskins and Cleveland Indians. Because the Redskins are getting pressure. I mean, you can I mean, I can't even imagine what's going on. I can't even, I can't even begin to think about what's happening there. The Redskins, the Nike has stopped selling their products. All kinds of stores are not selling Redskins merchandise anymore until they change the name. This is corporate America. This is the Republican establishment corporate America saying to a, to a sports franchise, you have to change your name. When Daniel Snyder has, for years, acquired uh, you know, surveys from American Indian groups that say, yeah, they're... They're fine with the name. They think it's a symbol of pride, the Cleveland Indians. Now, the Indians have been doing things for years. They took Chief Wahoo off the hat, and they've just got a C on it now. They're getting rid of all that stuff because they say that's disrespectful. I mean, where are we going with all of this stuff? This is, again, cancel culture. This is the culture war running amok. This is exactly what Pat Buchanan warned about in 1992. Where do we go? Uh, the Notre, Notre Dame is now considering changing its name from Fighting Irish to something else because that's derogatory. I mean, where do we? I, I think the only thing we can do in the future for these kind of things is just say, you know what we're going to do? We're not even going to name the teams anything. It's just going to be Team Blue and Team uh, Green and Team Orange. We can't name them. Uh, we can't name them after anything. Why? Why? Why do we have Vikings? Is Viking not a derogatory term? Uh, or why do we have uh, I mean, why do we have raiders? Is that not a derogatory term? Buccaneers—that's a derogatory term. 
All kinds of connotations to that. We know Virginia's, oh, we need maybe change to Cavalier, the University of Virginia. Cavalier, that's, that's bad. I mean, this is just absolute stupidity. And you can't name them after animals because the PETA would get on board. I mean, if you call them the bears or the lions, well, that would, that would mean that those things are fierce. And we know animals are just all cuddly, lovable things. And if we say some animals are fierce, well, then people might want to exterminate them and get rid of them. So that's why we can't have that. And, of course, we can't have anything like an Oriole or a Cardinal or a Blue Jay. Well, because John James Autobahn at one time shot those things and, and, of course, stuffed them so he could paint them. And that brings up horrible images of that. So we can't call them that anymore. So all we can do is call the team's colors. The team red. Oh, you can't have red. Couldn't have team red. That might be racist or, um, you know, uh, might connotate something there. So we can't do that. So it's going to be blue and green and uh, uh, orange, you'll have those colors, right? So root for the red. Oh, no, can't do that. Root for the blues. Root for, can't have grays either. That might be southern, so you can't do that. Blues is okay, though. Greens. So we could just pick, and I guess you could have like Team Magenta, and you could have Team Fuchsia, Team Purple. You could have these things, you know. So root for the purples. Um, I mean, this is, this is, I mean, it's so ridiculous where we're going in this stuff. It's, it's laughable. It's so ridiculous. But then Rove continues. The question is, did what the, did what the president tweeted on Monday advance the cause that he laid out on Saturday? And I think the answer is an unambiguous no. It did not, Rove told Fox News. The president has a limited number of days between now and the election. And when he tweets, it's a powerful message. And the question is, does the message continue to advance a narrative that he and those around him decided that he would lay out on Friday at Mount Rushmore? And the answer is no, it didn't. Come on now. Of course it did. By saying that, hey, cancel culture is destroying everything in America. Everything traditional America is under attack. Western civilization is getting run over because people get their feelings hurt. Uh, As Thomas Sowell said, you know, at one time... Envy used to be a deadly sin. Now it's considered to be a virtue. Uh, but, I mean, this is where we are in America. It's ridiculous. You have this open letter now that's been, that's been signed by J.K. Rowling and others who uh, have been critical of the people trying to cancel her for some of her comments. I mean, these are leftists now. Of course, conservatives are laughing at this, saying, where were you, you know, just a few years ago or just a few months ago when we were getting attacked by the left all the time? There is, we are starting to see now a backlash. I think the cancel culture stuff and the SJW stuff has gone f- too far, and people are going to start re- going against it. I-, I don't know how long it's going to take or how far it's going to go, but I think this works. I think Donald Trump is playing the right situation here by saying, you know what, you got all these idiots out there trying to cancel everything. We need to stop those people. Yeah, okay, there's, there's grievances, and we'll work on that. But all the tearing down monuments, statues, symbols, American symbols, this is going way too far. Way too far. Words, this is Frank Zappa. I'll never forget Frank Zappa. Uh, you know, back in the, uh, in the 70s, 80s, I guess. It was when, when Tipper Gore uh, was trying to uh, get the parental advisory stickers on everything. Think about Tipper Gore now. I mean, Tipper Gore is a Democrat, and of course, these are the, this is cancel culture. All the way back in the 80s. And uh, now, I mean, I think that she was, the the idea of a public morality is something. But, you know, Frank Zappa would say things like, you know, we're talking about words here. These are words. 
And when is the when when do words really hurt people? If there's if there's I mean you can call somebody a name and their feelings might get hurt, but what physical harm does that do to somebody? Nothing. It's a word. Now we know words can incite things, which of course then we have to worry about that. But otherwise, it's just a word. It's a word. And yet, we're talking about canceling words. Statues, which do no harm to anybody. They're a reflection of a time and a place, certainly. But they don't hurt anybody. But yet, they make people feel bad. That, I mean, this is toddler nonsense. Rove also weighed in on Monday's White House news briefing where Press Secretary Kayleigh M- McKinney admonished reporters for not asking about a spate of gun violence across the country over the holiday weekend. Rove suggested Trump's tweets had distracted from media coverage of the shootings. I saw the press secretary yesterday say to the White House press corps, why aren't you asking about all the violence that was in our American cities over the weekend? He said, adding, that was a good question. But the answer is because the president didn't tweet about that. He tweeted about Bubba Wallace and the Confederate flag in NASCAR. And I don't see that those advance his cause at all. Of course they do. People get that and they say, yeah, he's speaking for, he's speaking against the culture war because those things are under attack. The very fabric of American society is under attack. And I think that's the part that Karl Rove and others don't get. Uh, So I was not, I mean, look, seeing that Karl Rove is now an advisor for the president shows you that, you know, if he listens to the establishment, he's in trouble. I think the only way the president is able to do things and win this election is to go back and talk about the things that got him elected in 2016. And if he wins a second term, purge all these idiotic neoconservatives out of the administration. Get rid of them now because they are really problematic. They go against his foreign policy agenda, his domestic policy agenda. These people want Joe Biden. I think Karl Rove probably secretly wants Joe Biden to be president. The Bushes clearly do. I think he does. And of course, when he says, you know, the Confederate flag and, you know, the Confederate flag with like a sneer to it. I mean, this is because Karl Rove is called Southerners the enemy. The enemy. Anyways, um, that's that's my take on Karl Rove. I mean, this is this is just idiotic. But hope you enjoyed this episode of the Brian McClanahan Show, and I'll see you next time. See you.